I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. is not to come third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. We are competing to win. For a victory. This is episode 41 of Clicking Balls. Uh, we're covering the Austrian Formula 1 Grand Prix, which was held on the weekend at the Red Bull Ring. Um, pretty exciting race for what we expected it to be. Expected to be a pretty boring, straight up and down procession. Well, there were some interesting parts. I mean, you know, it was pretty much a procession right at the front. Um, good to see Massa get up there. Yep. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for Massa, uh, especially, you know, the unlucky series he's had and one corner away from being a world champion yep. uh, for Hamilton's first. Uh, Timo Glock managed to fuck that up for him. I wonder if he's punched him yet. He got a chance to slip a few in. Oh, I tell you what, he, he would have... He would have probably liked to. I'm surprised Timo made out of Brazil, to be honest. Well, I, I reckon Massa might have banged his wife or something. <laughs> I don't even know if he's got a wife, but if he he would have waited till he had one and then banged him, banged her, him. I don't know, whatever. So he could still be waiting. Well, maybe so. But um, either that or Hamilton paid him off nicely. <laughs> I'm sure F1 would never resort to paying people to get the outcome they'd prefer. No. So <laughs> it was... Um, a wet qualifying or wet practice we had, and this first session of qualifying was wet, so you saw people sort of struggling at the start uh, until they try the track out sufficiently to get on inters, but not much uh, unusual qualifying besides the fact that Raikkonen got a bit of balls up with his radio communications and <laughs> had enough fuel to, to go around for his final flying lap, but team didn't tell him that he needed to get a hurry on in his second lap, and so he did a, a fast one, then a slow down and went to do his last flying lap. And didn't make it across the line of time. And yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with Raikkonen. He mm. he's not the professional driver that we've seen in the past. I mean, he hasn't yeah. been since he came back to F1, in my opinion. Yep, I think he's I think he's trying to be too nice. <laughs> I think he enjoyed rallying so much because the rally boys they they tend to enjoy their time. Yeah, he, he just didn't turn out to be that good at it as compared to everyone else in it. So no, no, he can control a car, but I think you need to be. Pretty fucking crazy to drive at 280 k's an hour into blind corners, not knowing if there's rocks or deer or you know crazy fucking fans in the middle of the damn road. And I wonder how he goes with the navigator sitting in a shotgun telling him what to do or where to go. <laughs> Just shut up! Just I know there, what I'm doing. Up. I know what I'm doing. So no, you don't, Kimmy. <laughs> so yeah, so that was I mean about all there was in qualifying. You had um, Fernando and Jensen. I think Jensen got through to no Fernando got through to Q2 which was surprising. Only just scraped through, but... It'd be hard to be pumped up for qualifying knowing that you got a 25-place grid penalty. Yeah. Um, so, really, no matter what happens, you're going to be at the back plus with a five-second uh, penalty. And in yeah. fact, I think he'd probably be better off not have gone having gone through because then the penalty is applied first, which means that any penalties applied after that, you get moved up the order. Yeah. Um, he had the upgraded aero package as well, which... Um Honda, uh, Honda, McLaren finally got their short nose to pass crash testing, mm. which I mean, apparently it's a completely different philosophy on aerodynamics as well. So if you change that, you've got to change pretty much your whole floor, um, your splitters and front wing, and even some of the rear aero elements. Yeah, it's but, funny they couldn't get one for Button. Yeah, well, I mean, not that it really mattered in the end. Neither of them really got deep into the race. I think they're not too keen on spending a whole heap of money if, they, if it's not going to work out for them at the moment because they're going to be fucked for this whole season. So yeah. it's it's bad to see like Alonso, most talented driver out there. Ever, pros are even saying that, yeah. and he's only finished two races this season. Yeah, um, and it's just uh, he, um, and the uh, Manor guys who haven't scored points. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, um, I mean, apparently the front nose worked really well for the time they were able to drive it. 
And there's testing in the was it the second or yeah, second in season test I think this week after last one in Barcelona was it? Mm. Um so they were hoping to test out that new Euro package, but however Alonso got cleaned up or cleaned up Kimi in the race and so apparently they've cut down their testing time significantly because not gonna have a lot to compare. Yeah, it seemed more like he got cleaned up. It it did look a lot like um Kimi got a little bit less traction than he thought. Um yeah. From the angle, it looked like he put half the tyre on the AstroTurf and it was still damp from yeah. the rain. And that just lost all rear traction and he managed to save it. But in that time, he skidded across and you know Alonso damn near killed him. Yeah, and I can't remember if it was in the broadcast after the race or if I read it in an article, but they were saying that apparently the engine setting or the engine mapping you have for um, launching, uh, you have to keep on that setting for that entire lap. So whether it be from um, your start or from a pit stop, now I don't know how how true this yeah, is, but yeah. and they're saying that setting is what really fucks it with him, and he, he can't get a handle yeah. on the torque. Or well, as I understand it, that's to avoid launch control. So you can't just have a setting and then bang at the first corner you change back into your race mode, right? Because uh, they want drivers to have to control it. Yep. Ideally, they'd like drivers to have no launch setting at all. Like you only have your engine map uh, just for racing. Yeah. But you need the low end torque. Uh, for taking off from the pits and taking off from the line, so they allow them to do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that kind of makes sense, I guess. But even if it, it is true, I think it's a pretty thin excuse because it's the same for everyone. So mm. surely you've got, you got to get your head around it sooner or later. And I mean, even the accident, especially with how tight it was, he had a decent start, decent enough start. And um, Fernando had a really good start as well. We kind of screwed them both up. Oh, Fernando was flying up the order. Yeah. So it would have been interesting with his package, what he had. And, I mean, it was supposedly Honda have had used their engine tokens for reliability upgrades. Um, it didn't happen in the first um, Grand Prix they used them, but you'd expect that they'd have to have some effect. And with an updated error package, you know, we want to see what happens. Well, Alonso's come out and said that he expects them to be very competitive in the next two to five races. Yep. Um I really hope that's not just optimism yeah. because seeing McLaren who've been so successful for the last probably 40 years yeah. uh, just struggling so much and part of it is the fact that the only people who've got a hold on the engine are Mercedes and Ferrari's catching up a bit yep. but uh, if you don't have Mercedes engine you're not going to win a race unless Mercedes fuck up Yeah, uh, Vettel got, got through because of Mercedes fuck ups Yep, but um, you're not going to see the come from behind victories like we've seen last year yeah um, n- not unless you know Mercedes get it really pear shaped and end up blowing engines left right and centre yeah I think we need uh, really a bit of harsh weather to mix up a lot of races to make it a bit more interesting just to try and close the pack a little bit yeah well I think they're in Malaysia um, during the rainy season so that could be interesting yeah well like this race in Austria I think the lap times were 111s or something mm. so it's a really short track I think the Marushas were getting uh, lapped by lap 3 or 4 or something like that um. Yeah. So, it's pretty easy Under to safety sh- car. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. Safety car probably lapped them too. <laughs> probably could have. Um. So yeah, it really exploits any sort of deficiency you have with the engine here, which you know it showed. But I think if you took the Mercedes out of the equation, it wasn't a bad race for what we expect of this track. No. And uh, like I said before, one thing that was encouraging was Massa was able to hold off um, Vettel. For quite a few laps. I think yeah. it was the final three or four. Vettel was all up in his gearbox. Yeah. Um, and one criticism of Vettel is his passing ability. He's brilliant out in front, but uh, he tends to struggle to get by. And it, it is going to be harder again to pass a Mercedes-powered car. Because yeah. the easiest way to pass is obviously when you've got DRS on a straight. But with yep. Mercedes having the extra boost, um, you, you really have to get everything perfect to try and get past them. Yeah. Um, a little bit disappointing to me that Bottas was so far back because he's a driver that I think can be anything. Yeah, he's definitely got good big wraps um, on him and Williams will do well to be able to keep him, uh, mm. I reckon. And uh, Hockenberg had a nice result coming in sixth. Uh, you did. Uh, it's been a good week for him. It's been a fucking fantastic week, hasn't it? Yeah, had a crack at um, Le Mans, the um, 24 hours. Certainly did. And won. Yep. First year. Um, funny thing is, that seat was supposed to go to Alonso. But Wasn't H- really. Honda said no. <laughs> so, yeah. You'd have to imagine Alonso's just gone in there, put his dick on the fucking table and said, what the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> yep. yep, exactly right. That's, that's pretty crazy. 
And I mean, uh, I remember hearing Nico talking about it afterwards on one of the broadcasts. And he was saying that the conditions for him going was that BJ was allowed to have his truck next to Nico's and was allowed to watch the entire race from the from the pits there. That's a little bit creepy. Yeah, it is kind of. But if I was VJ, fucking I'd be doing the same thing. I'd love yeah. to go there and watch and be like, all right, if I need a rest, I'm going to need my little camper van here, which is, you know, probably a couple of million dollars worth of Mercedes truck. VJ, it seems like the sort of bloke that if he had a truck in the car park, I wouldn't want my kids going anywhere near it. No, this is true. It just seems that little, you know, free candy written on the side or some shit. I don't know. Just... Mm. You could end up working it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about abusing him, I'm worried about employing him. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah. Kavir sort of underachieved a bit as well, finishing in twelfth. He had some decent pace early on, but uh, seemed to drop off. Yeah, he had a crash though, which also sort yeah. of fucked his race. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he mean I think it was uh Checo Perez when a bit of side by side action um did some damage to Kvyat's car and hey, he had to get a front wing replacement That's in right. the first few laps, which obviously on a one-stop race, uh, an extra pit stop plus a, a front wing um, replacement, it's yeah. time you're not going to make back on track. And Henry Ricardo already had five-second penalties anyway yeah, because of the crazy amount of replacement they had to do. Yeah, and you saw Ricardo run long on his first stint, um, trying to make up some places. He went easy on his tyres for the first 20, 20 or 30 laps or so, and then put in some work to try and uh, climb up the order. And, and he did. Probably, like he did. you said, stopped a bit too. He should have stopped a little bit early because it looked like he finished with still pace left in the tyres. Yeah. And had he another three, four laps, maybe he could have caught Perez. Yep. But um, realistically, they, they overachieved. Um, yeah. They would have gone in knowing that their own home turf is a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and it does reward straight line speed. Yeah. Especially with the inclines. Yeah, so exactly. It's not just high end speed. You need a lower gear ratio to get up those inclines with decent amount of acceleration. So yeah. you really need a bulletproof engine, which Mercedes have. Yeah. And, and it suited their car to a T. Yeah. And with the Red Bull, the best they could do starting from just about last was... They just slim down their, their arrow, like different angle of attack on their rear wing so that you're not getting too yeah. much drag, but not a lot you can do. And I think from, from their perspective, in public it's really hard to be excited at one point, but I think Ricardo would have went to the team afterwards and said, look, our weekend was horrible, but today we did a good job. A lot yeah. of things, you know, ignore them, but from today we did a good job. So next week we start from where we left off, which was a decent effort. So you have a pat on the back behind closed doors, but in public you moan about an engine that's crap and you establish a point out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Renault finished the race, I suppose, um, yeah. which is better than Honda. But uh, I think the big surprise for me was how competitive Toro Rosso have been. Yeah. Because they were smashing it. I mean, granted, they didn't have the, the penalties that the Red Bull family had. Yeah. But um, you know, they've got the same shitty engine, and yeah. yet they're consistently competing with the Red Bull team and beating them on, in this race. Uh, Verstappen finishing eighth, I think it was. Definitely. And, I mean, a lot of people would claim it was down to Red Bull having better aero and with a crap engine it doesn't give enough. But the thing is, Toro Rosso have outdone them on tracks that have been sort of more lenient towards aero as well. So you can't really have any complaints about it. And the funny thing is, he, Red Bull can bag at Honda in the, the main press, but Toro Rosso are kind of enjoying it, but they're stuck. They can't come out and say, actually, don't mind this engine. <laughs> Actually, the, the rumour going around is that they're looking at Honda next year. There was a, a bit of a splash saying that Red Bull looking at Ferrari, but uh, Ferrari don't know anything about it. Red Bull don't know anything about it, which yeah. in, normally means it's a done deal behind closed doors, but I can't see Ferrari getting anything out of it. I, well, I don't think there's any advantage to them doing well, that. It's come out and said that Marchione has said that he'll gladly give Red Bull engines from 2016 onwards, but I think mainly they've said that when the conditions were the Toro Rosso, they get a B-spec engine, which was down like 25, 30 horsepower or whatever the bullshit figures are making up this week. And uh, Red Bull would get the full proper race spec engine. But the thing is, mainly for Ferrari, they can hitch their wagon to a lot of positive um, press that Red Bull can give them. And they're not competing outside of Formula One for anything. Yeah, but the thing is, Haas coming through, they're going to be the development mule. So there's no yeah. reason to have Toro Rosso. Yeah. Um, and if you're not having Toro Rosso, what's the point? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Toro Rosso was sold to Renault, um, yeah. considering I think uh, when Matashitz bought it, he bought it for a dollar. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So he'll, he'll make a profit on that, which would be nice. Yeah, I'm pretty certain he doesn't mind a profit too. He prob- Actually, I think in at the very least he'd sell it for two. Even if they said, oh, we just need a token money. All right, two. <laughs> Double the money. I wonder if they try and negotiate him down. <laughs> it probably would. Oh, shit. Um <laughs> But then, I, I really don't see 
where it comes in for uh, Red Bull to Ferrari. Red Bull Honda, I can see value there. Yeah. Just because uh, McLaren coming through, they would love to get uh, another take yep. on Honda because Honda and McLaren hasn't worked so far. Uh, I yeah. think it will work in the end, of the, in the end, maybe next season or the season after. Yeah. But uh, as it stands, if McLaren can't get it to work, then you kind of say, well, we need to communicate more. We need to work out what's going on. Yeah. If Red Bull can't get it to work either, then all of a sudden the pressure's back on Honda. Yeah, true. Because um, as it is, Honda are coming back and you know it's not like in the old days where the manufacturers would make an engine and just throw it in and it's all done the engine is part of the chassis now so it's got to follow the correct weight distribution it's got to follow the correct hookups for the suspension it dictates so much of the car that it has to be made in such uh, close communication with the chassis manufacturer that you can't get it wrong like 3 mil tolerance is 10 times more than you'd even imagine having yeah that's shit not working yeah so you know a millimetre too much track in the suspension and you're fucked yeah um, you know it, it affects so many things um, having said that Honda have had a fucked year uh, I don't think anyone expects them to do well but I don't think anyone really believes they do as poorly as they have they expect them to finish yeah <laughs> if they don't finish with at least a point for uh, Alonso and at, at least beating some of the second string teams they would be bitterly disappointed yep um especially having two of the best drivers on the grid I mean you've got world champions there and you can say what you want about Button and Lonzo but they are top quality drivers um well, Fernando is Button's good bloke <laughs> well he'd, he'd be better than probably a th- third of the people on the grid I'd still take Button over Grosjean or Stevens and Mary yeah. um probably over Ericsson as well. Um, I definitely take him over Maldonado. Um, I'd still put Bottas, Vettel, Hamilton, um, Ricardo, and Alonso above him. And probably on his day, Kimi as well. But um, I don't see him as any worse off than Hulkenberg or certainly not Verstappen. Um, but then again, Verstappen hasn't even been able to grow a beard yet. Have you noticed how drivers have been like that recently? Like, uh, they grow a bit of a beard, all of a sudden they come on well. Yeah. Well, must uh, must pick up, piss off um, Nico Rosberg no end, because I don't think he can grow one. <laughs> yeah, well, he wears tampax on his head, so probably not. <laughs> Actually, that, he is always funny like that. Whenever he's uh, doing media, he always seems too shiny, and his eyebrows yeah, too well he? manicured. Yeah. The Ferrari engines, I think um, it's in their interest to sell them to Red Bull because um, it's in their interest for F1 to be successful and Red Bull are you know, one of the key competitors at the moment. And so I'm sure behind closed doors, there's a lot of interest in making sure they stay in Formula 1. And if they have to have a custom engine, you'd prefer it to be yours because you know that you have some sort of control over what they're getting mm-hmm. as opposed to giving it to someone else who's going to give them an engine. So I think maybe it's a bit of a shrewd move from Ferrari, but it's one that's going to allow them maybe a bit of extra favours in the future as well, if it does uh, eventually go through. It could, but Ferrari are one of the you know only teams besides Mercedes who sell road cars. Yeah. And being beaten by Red Bull with their own engine would look pretty piss poor for a, a team that needs to sell cars on Monday kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know, uh, but the thing is they want to beat Mercedes most of all. Yeah, but they're not competing with Red Bull to sell cars, so you can team up with Red Bull and say this is the Red Bull Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, which will happen. And which I mean, if you're winning a, a championship with it as well, mm. that's a huge marketing process, uh, marketing bonus, and that's one that Renault never took up with with all Red Bull success. You never saw here is Renault World Champions Formula One, and here's our special car. And well, they shit. they did that a little bit, but they did it with fucking shit ass cars. Well, well in, I know then in, again, there's no real in, great Red Bull I know cars. Infinity did it. They had the Sebastian Vettel Infinity car, but I didn't see Renault do shit, like nothing. Didn't even see a badge on any car for yeah. the Formula 1 success. So, no, yeah, there was like a really. championship edition or anything. Oh, I can't remember. But um, it was on one of their shitty mid-level cars. Yeah. But uh, the Infinity Vettel editions I thought were a good idea for the American market, but the problem with that is the Americans don't give a shit. Yeah, and then, like especially in America, you want big, powerful V8s. You know what I mean? You want a big muscle car kind of thing. That tends to be more more there to their liking. Or even and, a street tuner version, because yeah. Infinity tends to be that sort of um, 
top end market, like your Lexus, <laughs> like Blackberries. Have you seen anyone driving an Infinity? Yeah, no. I, I have honestly seen more imported Nissans than Infinities. Yeah, uh, which are essentially the same thing, except you can import a yeah. G Series Skyline yeah. for less than half the price of the local Infinity model. Yeah, um, yeah, you don't get support, but fuck it. And mind you, they're not that great cars anyway. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, honestly, I'd rather drive a twenty-year-old Skyline. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you still got aftermarket parts which are brand new. They're still making them for them. So yeah, um, and and you need them. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah that's um, exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, what stings Ferrari most is Mercedes beating them because yeah. they are competing against Mercedes. Mercedes yep. have a much wider car range, obviously, yeah. but Ferrari want to be able to say we're number one, or we're yeah. the we're the sexiest, we're the hottest, we're the best manufacturer, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and now that you're seeing Porsche lock out Le Mans. Um, yeah. They had the top four cars, I think. Uh, no, top two, I think. Oh, top two, and there was a third, and they had the fourth. Yeah. Um, Porsche looking pretty good, especially yeah. because Audi, I think, filled the other spots. Yep. Um, obviously, being under the same banner, mm. so they're getting a lot of strength from there. And there's really only a few um, top tier racing series these days. There's a yeah. lot of second tier ones. Yeah. Um, you know, you got DTM, British Touring Cars. Yeah, NASCAR's no the second tier because the car on the track isn't really anything related to the road. Yeah, um, not that F one is terribly related, but at least you get the marquee um, halo effect. Yeah, and I mean you've got you got you know you start off on a red light for Formula One, so yeah, I start off on red lights all the time on the main road. And <laughs> it's like a countdown, and lights are out. Yeah, and you have to turn right sometimes. Yeah, that's true. But um, oh, Ferrari coming from the Schumacher era they haven't really been able to get much in the way they've never thre- threatened a title since then I don't think yeah Fernando 2010 almost won it I think coming in yeah. the last race it was him Weber, Vettel yeah but he was coming through on talent it wasn't the car yeah but he almost won it, won it for him on talent so you got to give him credit for that oh absolutely like, like I said phenomenal driver but mm. um, the car was second rate it was only the fact that yeah it was never the best car it was just Alonso behind the wheel um, but it's an important part of the car. Well, absolutely. I couldn't drive it like uh, anywhere near those guys. I'd, yeah. I'd love to give a crack. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd last very long. In the and, and especially compounding problems like that is when they make a mistake today, like they did in the pits with Vettel. Like Vettel got a good start. Um, so did Massa, who came up behind him real quick, and he had to cover him on the inside line, which um, sort of distracted him from what was going up in ahead. Gave him something to think about and good control. Have a very lonely race in third spot until the right rear wheel nut wouldn't go on properly. Apparently, cross threaded. Um, I think it added about 30 seconds to his pit stop time and put Massa ahead of him, which he just couldn't claw it back. Yeah, and I'm not a massive Vettel fan, but um, never like to see a, a race place be decided in the pits. Yeah. Uh, from, not from a mistake. Like yeah. If you have yeah. a good pit strategy, so be it. That's better for you. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, when you get... To, especially machine failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe he could have reached for a different gun. Maybe it was going to take too long. Maybe he thought it would be done with just a, He was whacking it, the pit guy, Yeah. in the end. But um, I'm sure Mercedes will look over that and someone will probably get executed. Yeah, well, they were showing the actual thread on the um, nuts afterwards. And it's only a couple of, couple of turns that it takes. So they were saying that it's very easy to cross-thread it if that makes sense mm. because it only go in so far and you only know it's cross-threaded until it's all the way in then you've got to take it off put it in yeah. not again adjust the wheel um, so River Benny went a bit mental about it he's <laughs> his bloody stupid wheel nuts that's the first thing when I change and all that business but I think Vettel's actually grown on me this season I think because he's not under pressure so you can be a bit more relaxed and you don't see sort of the bitchiness coming out yeah. which is just inevitable when you've got two drivers in one team fighting for a championship winning car and also, you know, Raikkonen with zero fucks to give. You're yep. not really going to get much fiery. Yep. A fireworks there. He's going to be like, well, Sebastian beat you. Yes, yes, yep. he did. But, uh, you know, for sure, I will keep driving. And, uh, you know, uh, we will just keep going. Yeah. So are you angry? Oh, yeah, no. Well, apparently he wasn't very happy about um, his spin. He kind of blamed it on the map settings and that and had a bit of a rant and stormed off out of the team before he came back to answer all the questions but I mean what can you do he's sooner or later you're in the car you're driving it you've got to make sure it goes straight I mean the best interview I thought was Buttons 
when they interviewed him, and he yeah. flat out said, "You know, it's it's not good having a, a terrible weekend and having to do the interviews with yeah. you guys." Yep. But uh, all the guys back in the factory see that, so you got to be positive. Yeah, <laughs> and you pretty much said, "Would you get the fuck out of my face?" Yeah, and that's the good thing. Sort of from the McLaren, there's a couple of people who. Like I hate Ron Dennis's interviews because I think most of what he says is just complete bullshit. You'll see him and he'll stutter and try and wordsmith his way around an answer that might be difficult. But then you have people like um, Jonathan Neal and Jensen who give just honest, straight-up answers to their questions and let the fans know what's really going on. And I think Jonathan Neal nailed, nailed on the head. Uh, I think it was a Canada race. He had a post-race um, interview with DC and Nettie Irvine and the fellows over at um, BBC. And he was talking about how they want to get away from the corporate image they've somehow created because McLaren has always been, you know, uh, a racing team and uh, built by racers for racers kind of thing. And so being honest and telling them what's really going on is sort of part of that, that you know, that process. But I think just sort of Ron Dennis is somehow turned into the corporate bloke. And well, money will do that. Yeah, but like, I mean, he's uh, an engineer and a racer. So yeah, from back, but he's also from back in the day obscenely wealthy um and and he, he did do very well for their um commercial uh, side of things as well it's amazing how it's easier to get out of touch with a common man when you have nothing in common with them yep <laughs> yeah um but you know i don't think uh ron dennis has been worried about how he's gonna pay the gas bill for a while no no so i like to see him um just tell him you know you're doing really good at our commercial side of things so you take care of that and bring ross braun back and I think it'll be probably the only thing that would tempt Ross Braun back. Um, be the final feather in his cap for Formula 1 if he could bring the British McLaren. Well, actually, not British anymore, are they? Well, British enough. Yeah, British enough. They're British heritage. So bring them back to the to the front of Formula 1. I think it'd be a nice fitting end to his Formula 1 career. Although it has been said that Christian Horner suggested they have a sort of external F1 consultant to help direct where F1's going to go. And Ross Braun's name was brought up for that as well. But I think that's just all talk. I don't think anything will happen of it. I don't think we need more consultants because we've got, you've got, uh, you know, FIA involved. You've got FOM involved. You've yeah. got, um, obviously, the rights holders involved. And now you've got the strategy group and you've got the future group. Yeah. And everyone's kind of saying what needs to be done. Yeah. If you want close races, just um, have like a 10-year period where you don't change the rules. Yeah. Then everyone else is going to catch up. I think that's better than changing it every second year. Yeah, because uh, the more you change it, the less teams want to get involved. They're like, "Well, exactly. I spend you know five hundred million dollars developing an engine, yep. and then you're just going to make it redundant. Yeah, uh, what's the point? Yeah. Um, whereas you know now, how many engine manufacturers are looking at getting into F one? There's buckle. Yeah, uh, well, especially when Hondas come in now and they're struggling none so now, isn't there? Um, just a talk mainly. If Renault drop out, then all of a sudden you know you've got chassis that need engines and. Oh, manufacturers can charge what the fuck they want. Yeah. It's just a matter Compare of that to Formula E, where you've got eight new fucking constructors coming in next year. Mm. Eight. Um, I don't know that uh, F1's ever had eight constructors come in in a year. I mean, granted, it's easy at the start of a series. Yeah. But um, I think that that would be something they'd have to notice. They'd have to go and say, well, how the fuck are these guys able to get emerging technology so... Uh, so much more interesting than we have and I think they've just embraced social media a lot better yeah well also their teams probably cost you know a tenth or the mm. cost to, to race for a season so yeah we'll, big we'll talk about FE later just because that is setting up to be such a fucking awesome finish that it deserves its own podcast yeah we'll do a separate one for but for um, yeah I mean with this race I think it just showed that Mercedes are still the best engine going around Ferrari's still a little bit off um, I I do want to see them come back with it, but I I don't see them winning pure races for this season. Yeah, well, the thing is, there's not going to be many people winning races this season besides Mercedes, and the best action is always going to be in the midfield. Like even with this race, I think pretty much from what fifth down to just about twelfth, it was exciting racing. Mm. I mean, Ericsson was in it for a little while, but. I mean, he was an interesting one where he had a false start and then had to stop. And <laughs> in that time, the lights had gone red, so he just backed up all the teams behind him. And that's what kind of got everyone slammed into each other and those accidents between uh, Kvyat and Perez and Rakanen and, and Alonso. 
And then you had NASA, who had some exciting wheel-to-wheel racing with the Toro Rossos and the Lotus. And I think there was some really good, exciting racing. It was funny at the end where, I mean, Lewis had got his, his five-second penalty for crossing the white lines at the exit. We haven't talked about that yet, but that's a fucking rookie mistake. Yeah, it is. It's just lack of concentration. Um, I didn't see the external footage of it, so I'm not sure if he was taking off a tear, tear strip of his visor or anything, or if just what didn't pay attention. But, um, yeah. I think part of it would be frustration just because of that five, uh, like uh, the pit stop didn't go as quick as you'd probably hope it wasn't a bad one but it was okay um, and he just he is a competitor he wants to get out as soon as possible and I reckon just uh, had a bit of an eye on the car and not much on the road yeah yeah and yeah after um, Ericsson eventually did get going his car just shut itself down the straight um, not long after the incident with um Button yeah, and that's right. Button. His screen went black. Nando. Yeah, shut down. He's like, I've lost everything. And pretty much just a reboot. And then he went away again. Yeah, I think that was the uh, punch the fucking thing. Yeah. He gave it a punch yep. and it fired back up again. He's like, uh, yep. I'm back. So he's opened the CD slot and just blew in it. And <laughs> away you go. And I mean, and that was the crazy thing as well, was that as soon as Jensen went in to serve his, his pit stop or his drive through or whatever the fuck it was, I know it was almost like the team gave him gastro or something and came out just driving a little fucking fart box around. Yeah, that thing sounded terrible. Didn't it? And then, yeah, immediately had to retire, capping off a really shit day for McLaren, and hopefully testing this week goes a lot better for him because they need the time on the track. Well, everyone but Ferrari and Mercedes-powered cars need yeah. more testing. Um, I don't think they can fix that easily. I think it's just going to be a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I know Red Bull have had the quit threats going around for 900 odd times yeah um the other th- interesting thing for the race was the battles that Verstappen had um he had a bit of a moment there with Maldonado and a really good battle I thought in the <laughs> middle I would not want to see any driver battle with Maldonado just because he's crazy yeah but it was funny with with Lewis already having his five second um penalty added on he had to get in front of Nico by five seconds in order to win the race and you see him they're coming up on the battle of Verstappen and Maldonado and surely Lewis had a no then goes, well, I'm not getting mixed up in these two, so mm. <laughs> fuck that. I'll just sit behind these and Nico can take this race. Um, but yeah, I thought Verstappen held his own and Maldonado, I mean, I didn't expect these two to be able to finish the race together while they're fighting. I thought they might finish together, but I yeah. thought they'd finish into each other together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it almost happened. Maldonado got pretty out of shape um, chasing him down. It was almost like a Skeletrix car. Uh, the front axle was <laughs> yeah. railed to the to the road and the rear wheels just flopping about as you take the corners oh, honestly I I don't think Maldonado should be an F1 nah uh, I don't think he'd be driving a race car anymore no I I think uh, put him in a cage like uh, send him into DTM or I don't know I'm sure Speedway. there's a Brazilian stock car put him on Speedway series. where you know you can drive sideways the whole way around mm. in the sprint cars yeah he probably uh, actually he would be a brilliant drift racer yep just a uh, Give him a car that had a pretty loose rear end and tell him to go nuts. He'd find a way to be able to go more nuts than anyone else, I'm sure. Actually, he could be replacing with Jeremy Clarkson. That would be entertaining as fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Here, here's a golf cart. Fucking crash. I say, who's going to give him a car? And who's going to insure <laughs> that car? Yeah, all the sponsors would have their names on it upside down. Because <laughs> yep. you know that's where it's going to fucking end up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was about all the action from the... What is it? Russia, no, fucking Russia, Austria. Austria, Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring, and um, it was a, a fast circuit that suited uh, Mercedes engines. Um, Danny Ricardo still managed to get his way into the points, so that was good. Well, the interesting thing too, uh, because Rosberg won and narrows the gap to only ten points. Yeah, and yet I, I still don't feel like there's tension about it. No, and then any are there any retirements yet between the two Mercedes drivers? No, I haven't seen any. So you have to think, sure, there's going to be one for a season. Well, yeah, you know. I mean, know. 10 points, that's the difference in making a lead change or getting out of, you know, a one-race sort of window. Hmm. Um, looking down the results so far, it's pretty much team by team. So you've got Mercedes in yep. position one, Ferrari in position two, Williams in three, Red Bull in four, and then it gets a little bit messy with uh, Hulkenberg punching above his weight with the Force India, and then you got Grosjean in the Lotus, uh, Nasser in the Sauber, then Perez, Maldonado, Verstappen, Sainz. I do think um, heading further along, uh, Toro Rosso could get up and maybe threaten a little bit more uh, the Lotus team. Well, they've got a big 
um, upgrade package ready to in the works for Silverstone, I think. Hmm. So that should be very interesting. Well, yeah, and I think they might uh, a few races, a few more races, threaten the senior team. Yeah. Which, if you're running the teams, that's brilliant. Yeah. Because you know, even though there's not supposed to be much cross pollination between the two, at the end of the season, it definitely it, is, it's yeah. helpful leather. <laughs> yeah. Like you can flat out steal people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and including drivers. Yeah, well, there was that whole big Spygate scandal with Ferrari and yeah. McLaren where. They said, well, you may as well just have this old mate. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, with that, though, Kvyat, how do you think he's gone? Um, look, I think he's sort of hasn't had the torch on his ass as much as you would expect just because um, Renault have been the target for Red Bull mm. as opposed to Kvyat. But, hey, look, he did get criticised very heavily by Helmut Marco, and since then he has responded you know, enough, I think, to... He was doing, is, but Verstappen up his ass is really sort well, of... Well, not just Verstappen, because uh, Ricardo's got 36 points. Yep. Um, Kvyat's only got 19. 17 points difference is a fair whack. Yeah. Um, you're not going to make that up all at once, especially not in a race-winning car. Yep. Hulkenberg, I reckon, is going to score a lot more points this year. Yep. Uh, especially, he's riding a, a massive wave at the moment, and he would just be pumped up. Yeah. Um, at the end of the season, you've got Ricardo sitting, say, 6, 7, 8 whatever, somewhere around there. Yep. But, you know, you've got uh, NASA on 16, Grosjean on 17. If they pop up above him, and all of a sudden you've got Kvyat down in 13th, yep. there's a lot of pressure. It is, yeah. And yeah. there's no reason why drivers have to stick on to the end of the year. Yep. So he'll get this year. Um, there's no reason for them to get rid of him in yeah. his first year. But if he's not at least up with Ricardo by midway through the next year, yeah. uh, 2016... I reckon you could very easily see Sainz Jr. pop in there. They probably wouldn't put Verstappen in there because he's too fucking young. But um, Sainz has been doing pretty well. Yes, and Sainz has had a little bit more consistency as well. Hmm. So He does seem a bit more professional. Yeah. Look, they're, they're both very talented drivers. Sainz, yeah, just a little more control. To me, Verstappen's yeah. more exciting and probably has more long-term potential. Yeah. Just because, you know, he hasn't even got hair on his nuts yet. Yeah. But... Um, you wouldn't put him in the A team just yet. Give him two or three seasons, uh, and then you could see something from him. Yeah. But for his development, I could really see you know, something like Sainz going to Red Bull senior team. Yeah. Kvyat pissing off somewhere else. Yeah. And if they could steal, say, a, a button or uh, someone who knows how to develop a car. Yep. They probably would do that. Um, probably not Raikkonen, but you know, steal someone, pop him in there. Uh, Hulkenberg especially would be a, a good target to have yeah well apparently Haas are targeting Hulkenberg as well um, bit of Ferrari backing there since mm. um, Hulkenberg they thought he was going to be the favourite to get the Ferrari gig um, when they gave it to Raikkonen I think so yeah I, I, you'd have to think they're not getting value from Raikkonen really no but I mean if they can get a championship out of it with Vettel and, and that if it ain't broke then don't fix it so they could just be happy with Raikkonen finding his feet and Vettel might be winning them a driver's championship or helping them to develop a car until they get a, a team that can get a team championship. Honestly, I think if they put Hulkenberg uh, in there next season, they'd see a lot better return than keeping on Raikkonen. Because yeah. there's always the risk you lose Hulkenberg. Uh, and he yeah. is an A-grade talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're in F1, so there's not many duds on there. there yeah, are a that's couple. exactly right. Um, the, the problem with some of the teams, like uh, especially Marussia, You've got Stevens and Mary. I have yep. no idea what they're like as drivers. No. Like, you're driving around in a fucking golf cart. Um, you just you never get a chance to show anything. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you see them fighting against each other, and you, all you can do is go back to what they've done in the other series. That's mm. about it. Which I mean, they were both good. So, I well, just know that they've got talent, but yeah, but it's different. Like uh, we saw Ricardo and Senna driving HRT. Yeah, uh, it was a dog of a car, but it was a chance to get a guy from a lower league. Yeah, F one experience. Yeah, um, while they're tr- essentially trying out for a better side. Yeah, exactly. But Stevens and Mary, I don't think they've got any links. Uh, that, you know, obviously Marussia being Ferrari powered, they've got links with Ferrari. But I don't think the drivers are on reserve lists for anyone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should double check that. Well, I haven't heard anything about it, no. and no. they haven't really shown anything. We're passing that as a fact now. Yeah. Uh, well, if they are linked with Ferrari senior teams, they're uh, probably not going to get a gig. <laughs> they don't seem very interested. Um, uh, and even if you're, you know, one of the second tier uh, Ferrari teams, w- would you be interested? 
I, I really don't see it. Well, the thing is with Haas, I don't think they're going to Haas aren't going to struggle for sponsorship, being you know the sole US team. So mm. I don't think they're going to be less sort of necessary for pay drivers to go to because I think they should be all right. And I mean, they've got different categories to pull resources from as well. So well, you'd have to think. In the past, it's been important to have a local driver. Yeah. Um, but you still need the right driver. Yep. The only uh, F1 driver from America in the recent memory would be Scott Speed. And they've got Alexander Rossi in there at the moment. I think he's reserve driver. Yeah, he is the one that I reckon they should chase uh, yep. dramatically because he is damn fast. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him at least be in the conversation. But I'm pretty sure he, they'll definitely be looking into him. Um, it, could be, it could be a matter of if he wants to go there too. He could have other offers on the table. but Well, he's looking quite sense. good at the moment. Like He's yeah. been getting results. Yeah. But, uh, you know... There are so many decent drivers out there, even flying around in Formula E. Yeah, WEC as well. Yeah, the, there's so much potential. Yep. Um, and the thing is, I'd like to see those three categories get on almost a, a sort of an even playing field by by what I mean is that drivers uh, can sort of, you know, change between these leagues and have them all be just as relevant just as valid you know what I mean it's not like going up or down league it's just going to a different league that's considered just as exciting well you used to be able to do that yeah. um, they called it the triple crown the yeah. world endurance uh, I think it was IndyCar and F1 yeah but especially with pay drivers now I want to see the level of talent across those two three to be very similar so that you can cross between those three leagues and not suffer too much um, uh, loss in the talent in competition you're facing so you know you can pretty much interchange drivers across those three leagues and you're going to be facing that same similar tough competition well I think the only way you'll see that is if teams compete across the competition because you know if you're paying a guy 100 million bucks over a few seasons you're not going to risk him crashing out if he's going with someone else I I don't mean like crossing the same season I mean where if your contract runs out of Ferrari then someone might poach you from you know WEC or someone's going to poach you from um uh Formula E, not like oh, yeah. not like you know, where you only go to those if you don't have any option in Formula One. You mean like they do with rugby? You've got the NRL, the yeah, ARL, yeah. and you know, kind of that, yeah, European, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, no, I can see that happening. I think um, at the moment the the top tier races are you know well established. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the the Triple Crown racing I was talking about earlier, the Indy Five Hundred, the Twenty Four Le Mans, and the Monaco Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and it used to be. Drivers would compete in all three. Um, yeah. The only bloke who's done all three and won yep. is Graham Hill. Um, he could drive a bit. Oh, you know, he's he's not bad. But uh, if there's one crowning achievement, it's got to be the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. 24-hour Le Mans is brilliant, but I I really can't imagine anyone sits down and watches all of it. And that, and you've you got two other people driving your car. Yeah, true. So, you know, it's really, as far as individual achievements go, I think Monaco takes it. Um, just because it's a fucking bonkers track to do and drive around. Like, I'm one of our, I think it was on the Monaco podcast, I put a video up on our website of um, people going around that track when it's not an F1 track. Mm. And you look at it and you're like, how the, f- like, who goes here, looks at this bit of street and goes, fuck yes, we'll drive an F1 car through here. Yeah, it's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think going forward, it makes sense for uh, teams to split themselves across different areas. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, even um, oh, if you're Mercedes, say, why not have a, a WEC team? Like you, you don't have to have um, completely different facilities. Even you yeah. can have the shared facilities. Sharing a wind tunnel alone yeah. is worth so much. Um, I think the only, only opposition to that is that sorry for that to happen is that they just really got to figure out how to bring the costs of Formula One down so that that money can be put into a series like that. I think that's what's really killing us from achieving that. Well. It, it wouldn't make much sense for just Mercedes to do it, but for a marquee, like uh, say if you're the VW group, yeah, yeah. have Porsche and Audi over in um, WEC. Yep. In F1, you have um, Lamborghini, I believe is one of theirs. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Under their marquee. Have Lamborghini going around the track. Yeah, yeah, because Audi own Lamborghini and VW own Audi. That's right, yeah. I think so, because yeah. the Audi R8 and the Lamborghini Gallardo are pretty much the same car. Yeah, yeah. That's right, because um, the Lamborghini was beating the Audi... So Audi bought Lamborghini and went, well, we'll just chuck that engine in the R8. Fuck it. Pretty much. <laughs> so they did. Honestly, I think the R8's a gorgeous car. Yeah, But um, I think if you had that, if you had uh, sort of sister teams between yeah. series, yeah. you might see drivers go back and forth a bit more. Yep. 
which I think would be fantastic because people follow drivers yeah. more than they follow teams, I believe. It could be a way to also support independent teams like uh, Sauber and Force India. Let's say if Sauber dropped out of Formula 1 but went into um, Formula E and had a sister partnership with Force India who are in Formula 1. Well, it shocks me that Williams hasn't done that considering their yeah. abilities with the electronics and the um, energy recovery systems. Yeah. It seems like... And them not having a presence in Formula E is baffling to me. Yeah, I think it's probably terms in the cash. I think it's definitely something they would have looked at. Um, but I think Frank, as long as Frank's alive, Formula One's going to be what they're in. But looking to the future, if that becomes too expensive and it really does become a, a manufacturer series, I think they'd slot right into Formula E and be really successful. I can't see them dropping out of Formula One, but I could certainly see them running both. Yeah. Um, especially because it'd be a great way to test your drivers coming through. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But um, yeah, well... We'll go on to the next race. Yep. Uh, they're heading across to... Going to Britain. Going to race ah, to yeah, Silverstone. They're going to Silverstone. I actually don't mind Silverstone. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's a you know it's a good track, and it's not just going to be the long straight and corners we've been used to with Canada and uh, Red Bull rings, so the pack should be a bit closer together. Yeah, I like it too, because there's quite a few um, question mark turns. Yeah, and they've added a few in in the last few years, haven't they? Mm. It's been heavily renovated. Um brought up to speed sort of ones where you can do the the late dive yep uh, on the inside and then the next turn you're straight away on the outside so it doesn't work so well yep or you can go around the outside and hope to keep the position yeah. uh, on the inside on the next corner and those are sort of passes that I like to see because you yeah. it really depends on who attacks and who defends better yep. and you've got to have a real sense of where the grip is too if you're mm. on off the mm. line like that yeah and driver's ability to counter attack because I think diving out in the middle on a, a standard corner it's not really a pass because all you're doing is diving and then breaking and hoping the guy doesn't crash into you. Yeah. But if you're able to dive in, keep your line a little bit and get that little bit ahead so the next corner, even though you're on the outside, you're okay, yeah. then you've earned that pass. Yeah. Or opposite, if you've gone around the outside first but kept enough speed up that you've got the inside line for the next corner, you've earned that pass as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Silverstone does reward the daring. Yeah, and I mean, being in England, it's a good chance of rain. So yes. that makes it a bit more lively. Um Interesting. This one is the only race that's operated by a drivers' club. It's owned by the British Racing Drivers' Club. Is that called BRDC? Is that called? I think so. But yeah, it's not actually uh, um, funded by the state or anything. Yeah. The racing a, drivers' being a, club, a British members' club. It could just as easily be like a weird gimp fetish sort of group. What, like the MCC? Yes, absolutely, like the MCC. Um, I think. These days, they've stopped people signing up their kids when they're born, just because you know they don't want too many. Max Mosley's there, so <laughs> maybe so. But um, yeah, look, I think this will be actually quite good. Yeah, this should be uh, start of some exciting races again, and hopefully more interesting stuff happening on track than off track. Yeah, I, I still can't see anyone Mercedes winning. Nah, but um, you know, it'll be the only painful part is if Hamilton wins, the British media are just going to fucking lose their jizz again. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough race to take it out of Lewis's hands, though. Yeah, i i don't I don't see Rosberg doing it again. No, so I'm tipping Lewis. Yeah, but I do think we will see a few surprises. I would expect Hulkenberg to bump up, and I think we could see Bottas on the podium as well. So I'd say Lewis one, Rosberg two, Bottas three. Yeah, see, I reckon those sister Mercedes teams will struggle with um, a track that's got a bit more aero advantage on it. So I'm going. Mercedes, I think Lewis will get there. I reckon we will definitely see Nico in second. And actually, no, I'm going Vettel second, and um, yeah, probably Nico third. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting anyway. Um, yeah. I think the big fight will be from well, probably third back to about eighth. Yeah. Um, and the one to keep your eye on would have to be um, Toro Rosso to see how they do. Yeah. Because yep. if they can really rattle Red Bull a little bit more, yep. especially bringing... if Red Bull get penalties, um, you can see uh, Ricardo and Kvyat under some pressure, which Ricardo hasn't really been under pressure for a long time. Everything no. he's done has been a bonus, if you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, beating Vettel last season, that was a bonus because I didn't expect it. Yep. Um, scoring a few points this year, it's been a bonus because they've got a dog of an engine. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, their aero packaging hasn't been great either. Yep. But uh, if your sister team's beating you, you've got issues. And at the moment, they're fairly well ahead. But another couple of poor races, and they're going to be struggling. Yep, definitely. Um, which is fantastic for all concerned. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so that'll be on 5th of July. Uh, it's in the UK, so I think it'll be a, a 2 a.m. start over here. Yeah, something like that. Which will be fucking fun. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll do a, a rundown on that. We'll probably release that the um, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday after the race. So uh, we'll see you back here then. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And don't forget, we're doing your uh, Formula One, spe- uh, Formula E special for their, um, what is it, ultimate round? Yeah, yeah, final round. Yep, final, final two rounds of double header at London. And there's six drivers in the championship, in contention for the championship, because they've got points for pole and points for fastest lap. Yep. I think that's fucking brilliant because it means that if there's two guys who are looking, you know, pretty much like it, he doesn't have to pass on the track. He just has to do a faster time. Yeah. Which um, I think makes for fucking exciting racing. If you've got two drivers, not so concerned about position, but damn fucking concerned about getting the fastest lap time. And it's a championship on the line. So, yeah, I, I think it's set up to be brilliant. So, that's next week. Tune in for that because you will not regret it. So, next week or this weekend? No, this weekend, sorry. Fucked yeah. it up. <laughs> so, that'll be out like next couple of days. Yeah. Alright, peace. Sal. No idea what the fuck is. Sal? I don't know. <laughs> hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.